Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church, advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. read in the uh, e-newsletter that you received this week, uh, Debbie talking about trying to decide what scriptures she was going to use for her sermon today. And she had one selected from Matthew, but she realized it was a pretty harsh scripture. So she wanted to balance that out, and so she chose to choose the psalm from what we call the common lectionary. And if you want to know what that is, you can ask Debbie at coffee hour. <laughs> or, or stand in line, because I'm sure other people will be asking the same question. So when I received a, a copy of the bulletin this more, uh, for today, I saw that the Matthew scripture was going to be read before the Psalm scripture. My immediate reaction was yuck, which is a laity term <laughs> for theology, yeah. Um, I want to hear the assurance of God's depth of love and knowledge of us 
before I get hit with something that is really demanding and um, kind of harsh. So I am reading the Psalm 139 this morning, and then I will read the Matthew. Or to put it in current cultural terms, I'm reading the Barbie first and then the Oppenheimer. <laughs> Can't take credit for that, that was NPR. <laughs> Psalm 139, the inescapable God. O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away, even before a word is on my tongue. Oh Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I bank my bed in hell, you are there also. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. This section of Matthew is just full of parables, one after another. And the section that I'm reading today has a little paragraph that explains the parable that I'm going to read first. So it's one of the few occasions when Jesus explains himself. This is Matthew 13, verses 24 through 20 to 30 and 36 through 42. He put before them another parable the kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, an enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, no, for in gathering the weeds, 
you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first, bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of God. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the realm of God. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of God will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers. And they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of our creator. Let anyone with ears listen. This is the word of God.
church work day the other week, Brisky put the power washer to work on our sanctuary's front steps. And it brought back some memories of using a power washer during a campus ministry work day back when I was in college. We, yes, we had them back then. <laughs> and it, man, it's something having that much power. <laughs> you know, I really, I really had a good time with it. And I really messed up that wooden door. <laughs> I was in a scholarship program at the campus ministry site, Gator Wesley Foundation, and I had assigned tasks. And one time, they made a mistake of giving me yard duty. I thought I was getting rid of some weeds, and I found out later they were azaleas that haven't bloomed. Eh, sometimes we can make a mistake with what is a weed and what is not. Sometimes we can pull a weed, causing more damage than good, but sometimes not. Are you familiar with the great architect Albert Speer? I could have gone with Oppenheimer, but I was, thought you might have had too much of him. But this is a similar situation. This man, Albert Speer, designed spectacular buildings under the order of Hitler, for whom he agreed to work, saying, I was above all an architect. Great career, bad actor in history. He is an example used in a book that I'm reading, Life Worth Living, A Guide to What Matters Most. And what matters most? What is good life? What kind of life is worthy of our humanity? What is true life? What is right and true and good? What is wheat? What are weeds? Lots of questions <laughs> rolled into one that the authors call the question. Quoting the authors, part of the beauty of our humanity is that we can ask the question and enact responses to it in our lives. The ability to, to do so makes possible both the goodness and the corruption of our humanity, both the truth and falsity of our lives. Perhaps very few of us will ever face the kind of catastrophic failure that Spear exemplifies. Perhaps we will not be confronted with the question of whether achieving our personal ambitions is worth collaborating in crimes against humanity. But each of us has to answer for the shape of our lives one way or another. Might, excuse me, might we embrace the question, devote ourselves to answering it as well as we can, and seek to become the people who could honestly say, not I was above all an architect, but I was above all a human being, end quote. This weekend, I finished the renewing my Safe Gatherings certification. Safe Gatherings is a screening and training program for people who work with children, youth, and vulnerable adults. As mandated reporters, clergy have to take responsibility for following the policies and procedures to keep people safe. We know that much harm has happened in the church, by the church, and in the name of the church, in our history. 
One could read the parable of the wheat and the weeds and think about safe environments, safe from bullying, harm, and abuse. Ralph Waldo Emerson in The Fortune of the Republic in 1878 states that a weed is a plant whose virtues have yet to be discovered. <laughs> One could fail the safe gatherings training. One could be asked not to serve in ministry with children, youth, and vulnerable adults. And still, they are made in the image of God. Yet, a responsible decision must be made for the whole community. We are all a mix, each one of us a mix of wheat and weeds. We believe that creating a safe, caring, responsible community gives us all the opportunity to grow into our holiness and righteousness and to shine like the sun in order to fulfill our potential, to live into the fullness of how God is creating us to be. By any name, call them antagonists, weeds, false wheat, they are a reality in the community of faith. Jesus' parable acknowledges that hard truth. He also cautions against a rush to judgment. We cannot always tell initially what is a good plant and what is not. The authors of Life Worth a Living, A Guide to What Matters Most, had a, question, um, had a conversation about the question with incarcerated men. Now these men know themselves to be criminals, admitting they wholeheartedly pursued a mistaken vision of life. But in rehabilitation, they can pursue a different vision of life. Their way of living, they must acknowledge, didn't affect them alone. There are victims of their crimes. Now, we may not commit legal crimes, but our personal failures harm other people. That's why we need repentance. In the Life Worth Living book, the authors put it this way. Repentance has two sides. One looks back onto the failure itself. It involves confession, restitution, and receiving forgiveness. Its point is to make things and relationships right. The other turns and looks forward. It involves a commitment to change, and its point is to do the right thing going forward from here. In recovery programs such as Alcoholics Anonymous, the first step confesses we are powerless over alcohol and our lives have become unmanageable. The fourth step is to do a fearless moral inventory, sorting out the wheat from the weeds within us. A couple of weeks ago, I shared with you a story about my being in high school and wanting to become a born-again Christian because I thought that meant you don't have any problems <laughs> and that I would always just do the right thing. I always just wanted to be the wheat, not the weeds. 
As I've matured in my faith, I recognize it's not like that. Not a snap, but a process. For many of us, this process begins as infants. For others, it's at confirmation. For others, as adults. In that moment when we are baptized and enter into the covenant. Since the earliest of times, the vows of the baptismal covenant have consisted first of renunciation of all that is evil and the profession of faith and loyalty to Christ. In baptism, the pastor addresses the congregation and the congregation responds, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness? Reject the evil powers of this world and repent of your sin? And the people say, I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil? To resist injustice? To resist oppression? In whatever forms they present themselves? And the people say, I do. You see, we need God both to forgive the wrongs we've done and to help us to do what is right. As has been said, you may find the parable disturbing because God is presented as a harsh judge. I struggle with it. I'm glad that we can reason together to find meaning. If the parable is originally told by Jesus in the context described by Matthew during a time when Jesus is moving toward his own time of trial and, the, and death, and it's the company of the religious folks who are organizing and plotting for his death, then I think you can kind of see how he has a sense of this parable of the enemy has planted a weed. And in the Matthew community, those who are hearing this parable, you know, remember that the Gospel of Matthew is, is not written there. It's not an eyewitness account with a, you know, reporter on the, right there in the moment, but later written to the community. But they had heard the stories. They knew about this parable. And so now in the life that they were living in their context, they wanted to apply this parable into their own way of figuring out this evil that is happening as they are trying to grow as the body of Christ, the community of Christ. So in their concern to sort out this evil from the good, they are thinking of their own fickleness and their own betrayal to be aware of how easy it is to rush to judgment before the story is complete. So, friends, let's not get lost in the weeds. Let us find meaning in being the wheat we want to see in the world. <laughs> Let us practice confessing our own wrongs, making right our broken relationships, if we can. And do the work of healing to avoid future wrongdoing and harm. Seeking God's righteousness, we will shine like the sun. Amen.
been listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org 
backslash connect. Have a great week.